0: The information in this world seems like a whole bunch of dots just sitting there out in the open. I think I'm going to connect a few of them. My name is Phil, and you're listening to The Lip. Hey everyone, it's Phil one more time, and you're listening to The Lip yet again. Here I am after last week's episode. I had a lot of fun with that. Observations, things that I have just happened to notice. Some of them... So obvious that it seems like everybody could easily miss them, But I like to hope that you guys enjoyed that. And maybe as you're walking around through your day-to-day, you can see some of those things that I picked up on. And it'll make you laugh when you end up seeing those situations occur directly in front of you. Personally, I find that that kind of rolls into this episode a little bit. Although, the things that I've noticed happen to be just a little bit more spread apart. Not quite as easy to find. You have to kind of work at it in order to connect these dots, as I'm calling this episode. You see certain things in certain points, and then you look at another point with another thing, and you realize that somewhere along the way, there's another point and another one, and all these points or dots connect in order to create one simple conclusion. Now. Let's not get this twisted here. These dots that I'm seeing are simply that, dots that I am seeing. This has nothing to do with anyone, no other entity. This is just my personal mm, observations of these things that I'm looking at, and I've decided to put these dots together in a certain way that it seems like they fit. Now, you could agree or disagree, and that's perfectly okay with me, it's your opinion, And I just would like to see if you kind of can follow my logic here. And that's really all that I want to do. I don't necessarily think that I want you to subscribe to the theory that I might come up with as truth, fact, or otherwise written in stone. Not at all. That's not the case. This is just some things that I've happened to pick up on, and it seems like, as I personally have viewed them, That these things all interconnect in a way that you could safely and intelligently make an assumption that there's something kind of going on here. Don't get me wrong, I'm not going to go all out conspiracy theory, because the things that I've noticed just so happen to just be out there, and like I said before, I'm just sort of putting it together for my personal enjoyment and hopefully your entertainment, and maybe you might have an opinion one way or another. Hopefully you do. Without going into great detail before the main event, I'm going to pretty much kind of give you a little bit of a layout of what I'm kind of working with here. I'm a major wrestling fan, and I love the Marvel movies, and I'm going to sort of connect a dot between the two. Yeah, I think that there's something that you could say between the Marvel movies and professional wrestling, particularly the WWE, that there's a dot that in one spot WWE and dot number spot Marvel movies and you can kind of arrange them in such a way where you can come up with an opinion about what's going on here another one that I found to be rather interesting is the simple fact that since the pandemic of 2020 began and government decided to shut down businesses for periods of time but there's been a lot of people who aren't working, and help wanted signs are all over the place to this day, and it seems like there's plenty of people who are free and available, but they're just not going to work, and I'm wondering if there's a dot that could be connected between the jobs and the employers, rather the employers and the employees, that we're not seeing all the way, and I think that if you follow my logic on that one as well you might be able to see a dot that could connect. Trust me when I tell you, I'm not that guy who is sitting in my office with a big board that has a whole bunch of names and pictures all connected with little pins pushed into the wall and having a literal string connecting each one of the pins in order to determine that I've discovered some sort of anomaly which connects all these things together. Nah, this is just me on a whim. And I thought that as I looked at it, wow, there could be something to it. And that makes for an interesting story and something that would be fun to talk about, knowing that a few people have kind of made mention of part of my WWE thought process, but they never really completely connected all the dots that I've noticed. So let's see what it looks like. When the main event rings, here it comes. Ding, ding, ding! It's time for the main event one more time. I love ringing that bell. Unfortunately, I actually had a bell somewhere that I had a few years ago. I bought it, but I can't find it or else I would actually ring a bell. And I think that I need to find it because I think that'd be a really cool effect since I'm ringing a bell anyway. But nevertheless, it's time for the main event. Now, as I'm looking to play connect the dots like my kids do whenever they go to a restaurant, and there's usually those menus, and there's a connect dot board on there, and they play with and they connect dots, and they get the little picture coming out of it, and I think it's pretty cool. Now, I'm going to start with a single dot, and that dot is going to be the Help Wanted Signs, which are all over the place now. Help Help Wanted Signs. Help Wanted Signs. Help Wanted Signs. Before the pandemic, you would find one or two here or there, but now they're everywhere. You can't go to a single store. You can't go down a single street without seeing some restaurant, some store, some business begging for employers, begging for people to come work for them because they need the help. Now, when it comes to the small businesses who are getting themselves back together since the pandemic is still going, but not as bad as it was in 2020, or in the beginning of 2021, things have calmed down a little bit, so that these businesses are able to actually function in some manner. So they have to have workforce, and the small businesses, of course, aren't going to be able to necessarily use as many people as they may have used in the past, but they definitely could use a few people here and there in order to shore up their ranks, Now the bigger companies however, and this is where my dot comes in, the bigger companies still have all these help wanted signs, and to me I think there's a funny dot that you could move. You have all these people who are working, who who aren't working, some of which don't necessarily want to work, but then there's some who do. Now amongst those people who do want to work, it seems like they're able to get jobs rather readily. But they would have to be willing to take the the opportunity to go and do this job. Now you see, from the perspective of the employee, at first in twenty twenty, some of the jobs that were minimum wage were out there, and they were seven dollars an hour or less, and people weren't really interested in it, and they were trying to get as money a, a better job as they could. Now, on that same note, a lot of those jobs that were prior to 2020 that were in minimum wage being $7 and change an hour, a lot of them have changed to $10, $15 or more an hour, so that there's a little bit more incentive for people to go back to work. Now, on that same note, these people have been fortunate enough to be able to get government uh, uh, subsidization because of the pandemic. They are being able to get aid, all kinds of insurance to help them move along their way. And sometimes it was actually more beneficial for them to stay home than it was for them to go to work. But now they're ready to go back to work. Some of them are. And these employers now have a strange question that they have to answer for themselves, especially the bigger ones. The bigger the stores, the more employees you have, the more money they have to be paid. And, of course, if you have to pay people more money, do you necessarily make as much money for the bottom line? Hmm, this is where my question comes in. Will these help wanted signs for some of the bigger companies, is it really just kind of a... I don't know, a show... Just to let people say, oh, yeah, we need people to work. Yet, we can't get anybody to work, even though we're paying more money. Now, here's where my dot comes in. And once again, like I said, this is my opinion and nothing more. What if, for just a second, what if these giant companies who have a massive amount of inventory of both employees and stock in their warehouses and things that they're trying to sell, what happens if they have less employees? Because now, at this point in time, you have to pay them more, and a lot of places are now actually getting to the point where they have to give their employees vacation time and sick time so that these people won't be actually have to just call out, and if they do call out, they'll still be able to get paid, so it's more for the employee versus the employer who could say, oh, you're not here, you're fired, and they'll just hire somebody for less. Now, what if those big employers just simply put it out there as a show and say, hey, I want people to come work for me, but really, they don't want them to come work for them, because at the end of the day... Like I said earlier, if they have all these employees, now they have to pay them. They have to give them some insurance. They have to give them some time off with pay. Is it really lucrative for the business to do that? I'm going to honestly say probably not. Thus, when you look at it, before the pandemic started in 2020, if anybody really paid attention, probably a few years before that. You can go as far as back as maybe like 2000. 16, 17, a lot of places didn't necessarily have, at least in this particular area where I'm at, the Philadelphia and New Jersey area, there weren't a lot of places that had self-checkout lines. There were plenty that did, but not so many. you go to a few places here and there and you'd find a self-checkout line, and for somebody like me who's had cashier experience at a time, it would just be easier if I only had a few things to just run through the self-checkout line and get out because I could probably ring up equally as fast as a cashier, or faster, and avoid the line. Now, consider the fact that those self-checkout units have a fairly decent cost to them. I'm not going to throw any numbers out there, but I have been doing some research, and I can tell you that the number that would be used to pay for those self-checkout units is roughly equivalent to what you would pay a a decent waged employee or a minimum wage employee you might be able to get away with paying two maybe three employees for that same price now keep that in mind business people want to make money so if they don't have to pay let's say two three employees at say Just throw a number out there, ten to fifteen dollars an hour, and make those two employees, which would probably net maybe, I don't know, give or take quick math, between the two of them, at fifteen dollars an hour, that could be forty, fifty thousand dollars. When you could pay for one machine that, a, never slept, b never took a break, C, never called out, and D, never complained. Seems to me as the good money would say, well, hey, it's not going to be a problem. All I have to do is do regular maintenance and I can just have one person maintain the self-checkout versus having three actually at the register ringing up customers. Hmm, that's a very interesting dot that I've connected. And I believe that when you look at where my points are going and all my dots are as far as these help wanted signs in these businesses, it seems to me as if just maybe the businesses don't necessarily want to have these other employees because they can make even more money because they're not there hmm, yeah, they could actually come out on top. Another example of this is fast food restaurants. All the time you would have a bunch of people inside the restaurant and customers would walk in, take the, have their order taken at the register and somebody would have to go make the food in the back and it would be a whole little production. Now let's say a fast food restaurant, because of the pandemic, can't. With the air quotes, find enough people to work inside the restaurant, so they can't have customers come into the store, and the only outlet they can use is the drive-through. Now you're saving yourself a little bit of money, although it seems like for some people, oh, it's frustrating that we can't have customers inside. Is it really? Is it really frustrating? because now you have these things going on. You don't have to have anybody clean your lobby. You don't have to have two people, maybe three people, running the register in the front. You have the drive-through person, who is the only person who the people are communicating with. Every single customer can get their order taken by them. And then you have your people in the back doing their thing, making their food. So in the long run, you've probably just saved yourself a couple employees And you don't need to have the lights on in the dining room. What's the reason for it? You're going to save on electricity because nobody's going to be in there. All you're doing is run the drive-thru, so your electric bill is going to be cheaper. You just have a lot of things where you're saving money monthly that's going to just make your bottom line come out better. So truthfully, even in the fast food industry, it just seems like the businessman is winning when the people who aren't actually in the buildings working for them. And I believe that that's the dot that I connected to create the picture of. I think that these help wanted signs, a lot of times when it comes to the larger companies, are really just a sham. Again, this is my opinion, and only my opinion. Not the opinion of anybody else connected outside this podcast. Just me. Maybe, just maybe, the business people only have those signs up for show because they really don't want anybody else in there because if they're not there they don't have to pay them if they don't have to pay them they can then make even more money because the customer is still going to come. They win. They win. Okay, now I'm going to talk about something that's a little bit more fun but still dots that are connected. I love this part. This one's my favorite one. In fact, because I thought of this, this is the whole reason why I decided to do this show in particular. Here we go. I've loved WWE for a long time. There was a small window of a few years because of work that I wasn't able to watch it quite as frequently as I would have liked. But I still kept tabs on what was going on, even though I didn't get as deep into it as I would have liked but one thing always held true, and it just seemed to be the most fun thing in the world, is that after WrestleMania, some of the major stories that, they, that the company was running would come to an end. And at that point, they would have wrestlers that they would not really need on their roster anymore. And they would then essentially, because their, um, their storyline had come to an end, they would then release those particular people. And a lot of times, they would do this every year after WrestleMania. And typically, that's when they would do it. Sometimes contracts would run out around then, but usually, that's when they would choose to make their thing. It's almost like their year ends at WrestleMania and starts over again. And so, what they would do is, they would take maybe somewhere in the neighborhood of 10 to 20 wrestlers and either in their developmental or even on their main roster, and they would um, they would release them from their contract, and they would no longer be with the company, and they would be able to go work somewhere else, and sometimes those people would come back. But that's just the way that WWE did their business. They would cut maybe 12 to 20 people a year after WrestleMania, and every once in a while, somebody might be unhappy with the creative nature of their um, of their storylines and they would want to leave later in the year. but that's just the way that kind of worked out. Now here comes where my dots start coming in and these dots are really kind of funny and really kind of fun actually. This year, as of the time that I've been recording and from what I've been noticing, the WWE has released an unprecedentedly large amount of talent. Now, they've been doing this all this time in 2021. They got rid of probably more people that I've noticed than they've gotten rid of in any time. And it's a very unique thing. Because, like I said earlier, they only usually got rid of maybe 12 to 20 people after WrestleMania. But this year, they've been doing... Probably three, four sets of releases, which is just something that they haven't done. And to my count, I've noticed that there's been over 80 people that they've released this 2020, 2021, rather, excuse me. They've released 80 people. That's a lot. It's a whole lot. Don't get me wrong, their developmental program is one of the things that they released a lot of people in there. There's some low-dollar contract people who maybe not didn't work out in their developmental training. But still, that's still a lot of people to cut in an entire year because a lot of the people they cut were some big names, some high-priced talent, like a uh, universal champion, former universal champion, Braun Strowman and uh, Bray Wyatt. Those guys, they were out. I mean, John Morrison, a guy who's had a whole bunch of different titles and had some deep story with The Miz they got rid of John Morrison another high dollar guy they also got rid of The Rock's cousin uh, Nia Jax and um a former seven time champion Mickey James she was absolutely a crazy talented lady and she is now out um they got rid of a bunch of talent that you would be necessarily surprised, because some people were like, eh, weren't really sure what was going on with the story, but the real key is, they're high, high, high dollar talent, People who made seven figures per year, and then they had some people who were making the six figures per year who gone, and then they had some lower talent and developmental, like I already went over. But either way, they were cutting a lot of talent. A lot of talent. They really were trimming the fat a great deal. And it's strange to think that they would cut some people who were main event in WrestleMania just a year ago. But that's just the way that they decided to play the game. Eh, Triple H reference, play the game. <laughs> Speaking of Triple H, I mean my guy Triple H, one of my favorite wrestlers of all time, multiple time champion and phew, won the Royal Rumble. He he pretty much did it all, and then his biggest and I believe greatest contribution to professional wrestling wasn't his in-ring stuff but what he's done outside of the ring he has been in charge of the NXT brand of WWE which is their developmental company I know some people who are listening to the podcast may not necessarily be wrestling fans but NXT essentially was a on-air training school essentially they were able to take talent that they thought was getting to the point where they should be in front of people and they put them in front of people a lot of times they would have really good matches, and those people who were on that NXT show would then go up to the main roster and work for either Raw or SmackDown. Now, Triple H was in charge of this for a number of years. I mean, since the beginning of NXT, he has been really deeply involved in its evolution and had a lot of guys come through there that he was able to work with. I mean, people who are on the main roster now like Seth Rollins, and Finn Balor, who was in there, Uh, he did a lot with Charlotte Flair, and Becky Lynch, just to name a few, that were on, that were in NXT, and and, uh, Triple H was able to, to help bring along in their careers, and now, I'm gonna say the strangest thing that happened this year, I mean... Mr. Triple H, or his real name, Paul Levesque, had a cardiac incident, and that was terrible. So he really was, last year in 2021, he was had some issues that he had to get taken care of, and fortunately he was able to do so and has been on the men's ever since. Um, hopefully he's doing well in his, with his health, but in that process... Vince McMahon decided that they relieved him of his duties from NXT. And having relieved him of his duties in NXT, they kind of revamped the whole thing. They changed it. It's a different show altogether. It's definitely not what it used to be. It is absolutely not. But that being said, we're getting closer to my grand observation or connecting the dots. Hold on, hold on. We're going to get there because I need to pause for a second and move to the other side of the page because this is a fairly big set of dots that I need to connect. But having said that, there is another piece I forgot to mention. The SmackDown brand, which is one of the main roster products in 2019, moved to the Fox network. And I think that was a big, big move. A lot of money involved a lot of money involved with that one. Speaking of money making money making moves, the WWE also had the big deal when they created their WWE Network, which was a program, a channel, essentially a streaming service where you could have access to every single one of the WWE's properties there as far as their tape library goes from WCW to NXT, which I already mentioned. Also, it has every single pay-per-view they've ever run, and a lot of their um, specific shows, like Stone Cold's podcast, and a lot of other individual shows that they've come up with with, as far as content for for the WWE, and all of their properties, WCW and other entities that they've acquired over the years. So there's lots of material on there. They made an interesting sale to Peacock. And that is the streaming service of NBC, who now has the WWE network on their channel. Which is very unique in a lot of ways, because now WWE is now positioning itself to have one major company in Fox and one other major company in NBC who essentially have WWE's properties and are producing them and letting them sit there and letting them people see them on their networks. This is a really fascinating thing, and both of those are very crucial to the end picture that I'm going to come up with. Okay, we're going to move to another side. Now... This is what's so cool about this particular picture. It doesn't seem to be in focus. Because now I'm going to go to the Walt Disney Company. Now, Walt Disney, of course, is this giant entity that has always been around seemingly. But they've been coming up with some very interesting moves that I've noticed. For one, they bought... The Star Wars saga, which of course means that I'm going to give all my money to Disney pretty much. But then they also picked up the Marvel as well. Which means that I'm going to have to go rob some people in order to give them even more money. Because that's just how much more money they're going to take from me. But of course I'm kidding about robbing people. (laughs) But to make a long story short, Disney has been acquiring some major, major pieces and the fact that they have the Marvel Universe and the Star Wars Universe, they make me extremely interested in everything they do. Now, on that note, with their Marvel Cinematic Universe, which is going on and going just strong, they, with, at this point in time, we've got multiple movies that have already connected in, I believe we're up to 25 that everybody knows that are multi that are connected and then they with this not to give away a spoiler about Spider-Man so I'm not going to go too far with that. Let's just say a lot of Marvel movies are connected that we didn't necessarily have connected before, which is so cool. And because of that a very interesting thing seems to have happened. There was a bunch of Marvel product that was owned by Fox. Now, maybe it's just my naivety, but I would have assumed that in order for them to get these properties, it was going to be a very difficult process, but apparently the mouse, or as I like to say, the mouse, as I like to say, in Walt Disney, has tremendous desire to have all of the Marvel properties. And so they were able to get their hands on products like spider-man and the x-men and daredevil and um who else the fantastic four they also on another side note came up with all the seasons of the simpsons and again like i said me being naive not really noticing the fact that they had the simpsons and all this other fox stuff i just assumed that disney just went out and bought it each of these individual properties no Disney happened to have bought Fox <laughs> yeah it's so much easier to try to pick off than to try to go and get The Simpsons or to try to go and get um your property from the Marvel Universe in order to mold it all together to one beautiful thing which is what they've created why would you go pick those small pieces apart when you could just write a check and just say give me your entire company so I don't even have to think about it and that's exactly what Disney did They just pretty much bought up Fox. So they own that. And this is where my favorite dot comes together. Because the simple fact that you have Star Wars and you have Marvel. That's a tremendous amount of stuff that, in the long run, people want to see. And people want merchandise. My goodness. I'm sitting in my office right now. And I have, on one side, I have a collection of 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22 22 Jedi Knights on one side and on the other side I have 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8 8 Sith Lords I also have a collection of lightsabers all this stuff is now Disney property beautiful thing for them. They love it, and I love picking up all those pieces with all that stuff. But at the same time, I also own every one of the hard copies of every single of the Marvel movies that have been out thus far, with the exceptions of the ones that aren't in hard copy form yet, which I intend to purchase as soon as the opportunity presents so. And this is where my thoughts come in. Disney doesn't just seem to like to buy big Massive entities but they also like to buy big massive entities that they can market and sell products for now if you remember I said that they did in fact acquire Fox but I also said that the WWE has one of their major shows on Fox now hmm that's interesting. Very, very interesting that WWE would be on a Fox network now. Consider this. Going back in time a little bit, I had just said that the WWE had cut in twenty twenty one about eighty wrestlers, which is a great amount of people. That's a lot of a lot of talent that you've gotten rid of. Now consider the fact that in any corporation a lot of times, companies will downsize when they're preparing to sell. And this is where my mind is going. If you're going to start getting rid of a lot of human resources, which is going to free up a lot of money for your company, and then you're going to put yourself in a position to be in an area where where you have your properties are not necessarily spread out, but it just seems as if you're having less control of them, and you're changing things by changing the, the developmental company. You, you've removed one of your people who was a, a gold standard for NXT, and you've changed it and revamped it. It's almost like you've decided that you're trying to position the company for a sale. Now, once again back to my Disney thought process, the fact that they own Fox, and they like to sell stuff. Jedi, Star Wars toys of all kinds, um, Captain America shields, and toys, and games, and all that good stuff. WWE is highly, 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 something that you could sell a lot of things. They sell tons of t-shirts, they sell tons of toys. They have one of the worst video games came out in 2020 so bad that they revamped the whole thing and didn't even make one in 2021. Which goes to make my, cons- my theory a little bit more interesting because they revamped it and they're coming out with it again in 2022. Just after they've made all those major cuts in 2021. So it's almost like they're starting over again to give a potential buyer something to look at that they can use as a profitability engine that's going to help them make even more money. And at the same time, right above my head in my office, I have chained the Money in the Bank briefcase. Could you imagine with the end game where I'm going with this? You could buy a WWF Championship belt, excuse me, WWE Championship belt for about five hundred dollars. Now, I'm not saying that you're gonna go to Disney World and you're gonna see a full scale ring set up and a little arena that can hold maybe I don't know five, six hundred people and they're gonna have wrestling matches in there. But I think that with Disney's ability to acquire property the way that they've been acquiring it. And the fact that they really love streaming stuff doesn't seem to be too far-fetched. I think that just maybe they might go gobble up the WWE Network from NBC or do what they did to Fox and just buy all of NBC so they can have the WWE and then eventually acquire the entire company of WWE because that's a billion-dollar entity and there are very few other entities that could actually buy them, and Disney is strong enough to do so. And the profitability factor for Disney being able to go to a Disney theme park and pick up a championship belt or a t-shirt from your favorite wrestler, that just seems like it would make a lot of sense. So, ultimately, all the dots that I'm connecting between WWE and Marvel and Disney makes me think that just somewhere in the near future within the next 4 years or so that just maybe Disney will be buying out WWE. That's where I, my end game is here. I'm wondering and I think that it's very possible that the writing is on the wall and we're either not paying attention to it or it's just very subtle. And I think that Disney is a kind of company that has the ability to buy the WWE and They definitely would have the research in order to that the resources in order to market it, and the fact that WWE has changed from a very violent, bloody sport at times to a much more kid-friendly, no blood matches. I mean, it just seems like it's right down Disney's alley. It really does. So my dots connect in this way that I believe that eventually that WWE is going to be bought by Disney. That's where I was going with this. And I hope that you think that I'm wrong and you like to question it. Or even still, even better still, maybe you think I'm right, but better of all. Best of all, maybe you weren't really thinking about it and now I've just planted a seed in your mind. And if you look at the things that I've said and you can start putting those pieces together, then it kind of makes a little bit of sense. I hope that it does, because to me, I think it's rather fascinating to think that Disney could actually buy the WWE, and perhaps, wow, I couldn't imagine, but it would be something that, at the same time, I very easily could imagine. It would make all the sense in the world. So, I would connect those dots, and that's where my my mind would be at. And on that note, I'm going to ring the bell. Main event over. Ding, ding, ding. Okay, folks. It's time for the Spear of the Week. This week's Spear is the driver of a Toyota Tundra that I ran across a couple days ago. This guy was very aggressive when the lanes were coming together. And I thought to myself, wow, why are you doing this? The lanes are going to come together anyway. You just don't want me to get in front of you, okay? I'll I'll abide by that. I I won't let you. I won't get in front of you directly. What I ended up doing was continuing straight ahead and getting in front of the vehicle in front of the red Toyota Tundra. So at the end of the day, I didn't get in front of the Toyota Tundra. I got in front of the vehicle that was in front of the Toyota Tundra, which meant that I was in front of it anyway. So realistically. That didn't make any sense. What did you accomplish? I still got in line, and I ended up in front of you. I don't get it. That's why this fool is, without doubt, the person who is the going to be receiving the Spear of the Week. Alright, time to wrap up this show. Had a lot of fun going over those dots that I decided to connect I don't know which one was more fun. The fact that I believe that if you take the help wanted signs and the businesses who put them up and you connect a whole bunch of dots, in my opinion, it seems as if the businesses only have those signs up for show because they really don't want to hire anybody because it's ultimately going to affect their bottom line. And I'm only talking about the big businesses. And then my other one... Which is just as much fun to me to think that just maybe, just possibly, first of all, WWE would be out of the control of Vince McMahon. And in the control of the Disney company, it just seems like that's almost a match made in heaven. It really is. Vince McMahon is getting nearly at the age of, he's almost 80 years old. And Disney's loves to sell things. And WWE has lots of stuff to sell. So it just seems like the combination would, in fact, be peanut butter and jelly. It really would. I'd like to know what you people think about this concept of connecting the dots. Maybe I'll even do a few more shows like this. Who knows? I think it was fun. If I can find a few things that I noticed that aren't too over the top, kind of like this one. I'm not going to go into government conspiracies like who killed Kennedy or anything like that. That's just too much for me. And I don't think anybody would want to hear that since it's been done a billion times anyway. But give me a response. Let me know if you think that this is something I should do again. My Twitter, of course, is at PissedPhil with two L's. And I'm on Instagram, Henderson 5102 I love feedback. Give me some. Give me some, please. I'm begging you for it. But I have some words of wisdom. Not my usual ones. Nothing that I've come up with specifically for this show. I think that the idea of this show comes up with some words of wisdom by themselves. And that is real simple. And they've been said a hundred times before. Um. And here they go. A lot of times, the simplest explanation is the correct one. (laughs) And I think that just maybe I had a very simple explanation for those things that I've come up with, and just maybe, just maybe it's correct. Only time will tell. On that note, it's been fun. My name is Phil, and you just listened to The Lip.